Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. My friend Julie asked me a question about my book that I co-wrote with Bob Perry, As It Is in Heaven, which is about Revelation 4 and 5 and the scene in the throne room of heaven. And she said, I've never read a book in poetry. What does one do with it? <laughs> can, can you talk through this form with me? And I loved that question. So this is my explanation for this particular form. The first novel in verse that I remember reading was Out of the Dust by, I think, Karen Hess. It's a children's book. It won the Newbery Medal, or at least honor, probably back in the 90s. And I remember thinking, oh, this is kind of fun. You can move through the text pretty rapidly and... You still get the emotional impact, which is delightful, without having to spend a ton of time wading through all of the words. And over the years, as a children's book reviewer, I noticed that the biographies in verse, the novels in verse, they were winning a higher percentage of the Newbery Medals and Honors than, strictly speaking, one would expect. And so because I, as a book reviewer, I would get most of those award winners. I was reading a lot of those different books. And again, I just loved and appreciated the intensity of the language, the careful use of language, and the lack of long form reading. And also as a book reviewer, there were always more books to review than I could possibly get to. So it was lovely to be like, oh, oh good. <laughs> I can get through this one a little faster than some of the other ones. And then some years after that, a friend of mine challenged me to write a poem. We were at an artistic event and people were painting and doing artistic things. And I... I'm really not a painter. That would not have been terribly fun for me. And so he's like, write a poem. And I ended up writing six and I loved them. And I didn't even care if nobody else loved them. It was like, for me, I love this. And I will also say, I was an English major. So I read my fair bit of poetry. I have a book out there somewhere, 104 poems of wit and whimsy for children of all ages, something like that. So I got to edit that one and choose my very favorite poems and put them together. It was so fun to curate that project. And each one of them is kind of paired. So it's like, here's two poems to look at an apple or two poems to look at a journey. So I, oh my goodness, I just was so pleased with how it came out. It has beautiful illustrations. You can find that one at sunlight.com. But that is a really different form of poetry, I think, where it's sort of like, here's an ode or like a poem of love and affection or adoration for something. And those can be pretty over the top, I'm just saying. You know, Shakespeare's sonnets are indeed amazing from a craftsman standpoint, but I never just pick up Shakespeare's sonnets because I think they're fun to read. So deep confessions here of the English major. And so... I also feel like sometimes people write poetry, especially modernist poems like those throughout the 20th century, that you kind of are like, I don't really know if I understand this. <laughs> this seems to be a lot of very beautiful words strung together, but without sense. That drives me bananas. I ugh, do not like that. So in my poems, it's like I actually want there to be 
a story or some form of point to it without a lot of words. So moving forward again then, I spent some time writing a poem every day for a couple of years. That was a form of therapy. It was a form of creativity and just a way of processing through my life and emotions. And I, I loved that season. It was a beautiful season. And in the middle of that season, there was an event in Charlottesville, which was, uh, I think, very disturbing for my city. And basically there was... Uh, I think they were like skinheads or neo-Nazis came and wanted to have some kind of an assembly. And legally there isn't really, or wasn't really a right to refuse them, but it became extremely tense as one might expect. And it was not necessarily well handled by the, anyway, it was, it was bad. And I I think I was out of town visiting my family in Colorado during those actual days, but or maybe shortly afterwards. But I remember looking at photos of the some of the people who had been involved. And, you know, there was a lot of faces of anger. There was a lot of uh, rage on both sides. You know, it was kind of like what you're... The hatred that one party is giving off is being mirrored by the other party. Like... There just was a distinct lack of of the love of Christ. And then I saw a photo of a man who had a Nazi symbol tattooed on his arm. And I started weeping uncontrollably. Like, who would do that to themselves? And what tattoo parlor person would be okay with putting this symbol, a large symbol, like the whole shoulder? And... What kind of spirit does the person walk in if they are walking through life with this symbol on their shoulder? Oh, Lord Jesus. So that's actually, I think, about all I want to say in this episode. This is kind of like the, what was the, what is it, Portrait of the Artist as a Young Person? I know that the official book is Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, but in this case, it's more like Portrait of the Artist as a young artist or something. Okay. Um, but Jesus, I just still am sad. I think about different tattoos that I've seen in my life where it was, they carry such a spirit of anger or, um, self hatred or loathing. And it's not all tattoos, but anything like a web over the face or, um, that, that horrible symbol. Um, there, there's just things that people do to themselves that are exposing their heart that are hard to see. And so, Jesus, I'm asking that as you came and you look at that man with that tattoo with love, I don't know how you do it, Lord. It's amazing. But I want your heart in my heart. <laughs> I want your heart to beat with mine. Thank you, Jesus. Or maybe I guess it would be the other way around. I want my heart to beat with yours. Thank you. Amen.